everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ren Presents the Beacon. Uh, joining me today, I have my friend of 14 years, Elijah, here to talk about some, uh, I would say, pretty sensitive subject matter in the sense that we're opening up about some of these struggles that we've seen and been through. So I uh, want to say hi, Elijah. Yeah. Hi, Ricky. Uh, glad to be here. And uh, thank you guys for listening in today. Mm-hmm. So I guess diving into it, um, we're going to be talking about some of the obstacles that we overcame as adolescents together. And one of those things was pressure. And that's actually one thing that I've dealt with a lot in my lifetime, you know, like just pressure from my family, pressure. I'm sure you felt like to do the right thing or to go to school and do certain things a certain way. Right? No, actually, I didn't have that. Um, I didn't have that upbringing because uh, with my parents' divorce, you know, they weren't even home. You know, they, they stuck me with my grandparents for the majority of my life since I was 10. And, you know, they weren't there unless it was like a special occasion, like a birthday or whatever. Or if if ever I got into trouble, right? Which is pretty often at that time, right? <laughs> pretty often. Exactly. And um, <laughs> I mean, that's one thing too, you know, like you think about what effects that may have on you as a child. You know, like you're 10 years old, you're used to living with your parents and you're used to them being together. To have them split up, split up on you so suddenly and to like chop you off with your grandparents, I'm pretty sure that made you feel some type of way, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, just not having the actual parental relationship that you know most people would have. I had it with my grandparents and it was like especially difficult because there was a language barrier. So like when you try to explain to them or talk to them about how you were feeling, it's like, what? <laughs> what, do you, yeah. what do you mean? And also, you know, I I knew my parents were around. They just didn't want to be around, which was even more difficult to deal with. And so I would channel, you know, all this anger and frustration, to, you know, some sort of like depression in a way. You can talk you know, about depression openly, you know, like we may admit that at times we don't have depression, but that's the whole idea about like what we're doing now today to talk about how being vulnerable with the white people is okay. Being vulnerable to, I guess, figure out your your demons and your issues to move past them is is vital. You need to be vulnerable, you know? It's like opening yourself up so that you can let these evil things out or these terrible things out, you know? Right. And that could be why you're sighing so often, you know? Like, you're like, fuck, <laughs> I haven't <laughs> talked about this. I don't know how to proceed. Like, what's the right way to do so? And there is no right way. There is no wrong way, you know? Like, end of the day, what we're doing here now is we're trying to help those people that are in similar situations as you were as you are or as you were before and as you are now right and you know just basing off of that you know my own childhood um it's actually helped me to become more independent you, you know can because you can see that in your character like when you were making dinner for us earlier today like i offered help you like no i got this and i love that you know it shows that you're a capable person and you want to prove that not just to me but to yourself as well right right and it was, uh, especially during high school, it was hard to navigate, you know. Um, you know, going to school by ourselves and, you know, having to find our own transportation. That was that was one of the things that we had to do as kids, you know, because my, my grandparents, they couldn't drive. So we had to find, you know, we used we used bus passes and everything to get to get to school. Um, and then my brother started driving us and that was great. But um, just navigating throughout high school, it was, it was so hard. 
and just having to figure out, you know, how to become independent because, you know, my grandparents can couldn't control me, you know. And would you say that at the time you were like kind of out of control? Yeah, absolutely. I was. I was yeah. I know what you mean? <laughs> you know, you know, we, we, were, we were. That's how. That's where we're friends, you know, because we, we came from a similar background, you know, and similar. It's relatable. It's like it feels like home. It's like your second chosen family, right? You know, it's not like it just fell into your lap. We chose to be friends because there's something relatable there, in a sense. Yeah, and that that's how you know that's how communities form. Because we're in from we're from similar backgrounds, mm. that's how communities form. And you know, going back to my story, it was <clears throat> just the independent. You know, I'm happy, honestly, that you know I was able to go through this because you know, one, I would not have gotten myself back into college, for example. You know, I was stuck in a bubble. I was trying to figure out how to. You know, manage time. You know, f- you know, family, friends, like social life, uh, work, all of these obstacles that we face on a daily basis. Like, how do you maneuver through all of this and still take care of yourself? You know, because that's one thing too. Like, you can do friends, family, school, but what about you? Like, <laughs> what about your downtime? What you actually enjoy to do? Right. What you actually enjoy doing? You know. Yeah, and honestly, I put myself through a lot of situations where you know I ended up realizing why am I throwing my life away you know it starts with high school i was um i was always getting into trouble (laughs) i was getting sent to the dean's office you know the principal's office you know um just because i was channeling my anger and frustration with you know my family life into you know fighting other kids and ah just i guess like Having someone there, because if you think about it, your parents at the time weren't there for you, mm-hmm. you know, so you were looking for, I guess, in a way, some sort of authority figure to come and help you out, right? Because that's would, what we're all looking for, especially in your precarious situation, being so young, being so vulnerable and trying to figure out what the fuck do I do? I don't know what the fuck to do. Like, can someone tell me what to do? Like, provide some kind of mentorship or guidance, leadership, in a sense. And, you know, like you... Go towards or you kind of like gravitate towards people that have similar backgrounds, similar um, family structure as you do, because it's comfortable. It's like you guys are relatable. We can relate to one another. But there's also going to be people out there that you gravitate towards because they take on like these leadership roles in your life. They may be older or they may have more experience and they kind of walk you through everything, you know. And I guess that ties into like emotional intelligence in a sense where you're like aware of your emotions I mean, as you get older, are you, do you feel like you're more aware of, like, your emotions, what triggers them, how to, like, properly label them? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Because you, you go through so many experiences, you know. And, you know, just putting yourself... I, I mean, a lot of the emotional intelligence comes from, you know, putting yourself in other people's shoes, too. Empathy. Yeah, yes. they talk about how empathy and compassion is a really big part of emotional intelligence. Right, and having also the same experiences, too. Or sim- not same, but nobody has the same experiences. It's like similar experiences. And how to cope with them and how to deal with them, that's that's what you know springs up this emotional intelligence, you know. When you hear like more stories in the future, like, oh, like you've been in that similar situation, you know. And you know it how makes it relatable. Yes, you know, exactly. like right when you hear like, oh, someone's been through something you've been through, you're like, oh my god, like I've been through something similar. And it's something as simple as that that can bring you closer to this person. It makes it seem like more of a community. It makes it right. seem more like family where you can actually open up and talk to your talk to people about this. 
But that could also be like a reflection of what we do and don't do in the sense that um, we don't open up enough about what actually does bother us. You know, like we put on this face for society because, I mean, in Japanese culture, there's apparently three faces. The face that you show your family, I think the face that you show your friends, and the face that only you know. Because no one's going to know you as deeply as you know yourself. And sometimes it gets difficult to like constantly maintain this facade of strength or facade of wisdom or whatever it is that people expect of you in a sense. It becomes tiring, you know? So, I mean, have you ever like, like, have you met people in your lifetime where you feel like you just like drop that facade and just like be yourself and be normal and talk about these things openly? Oh, it's definitely not the case. Uh, really? Majority of my life because you know, I've I've gone through different phases in my life where you know I was questioning sexual orientation. I've been through identity crisis and spoiler alert, I identify as a transgender man in today's society. So yeah, when I first met uh, Eli, Eli was Lisa, and honestly, like to hear about what I guess was going through his mind at the time, the fact that he was willing to, I guess transition over to a different gender i was supportive because we can't combat his idea like what was your idea about it going into it can you like describe to the audience what that was like yeah it was it was confusing seriously confusing i was you know exploring or not exploring but you know i was trying to fit in most of the most of the time you know try to fit into what society was taught to us you know gender roles and all of these things that are instilled in us by outside sources. Medias, media and all Yeah, precisely. And I just thought that there was only black or white. You know, I thought there was only women or men, you know, this entire time. It's just, you know, and then I have a, a, a very dear friend um, who I'm very close with to his family, uh, Stefan. He, his brother is trans. And, you know, back then we didn't have that no terminology. Model or... Oh, terminology. Terminology. We didn't know anything about that. It was a foreign word. It was like a new, brand new word to us in a sense. Right. And honestly, to this day, the LGBT spectrum is still expanding. So, I mean, there's more and more stuff coming, coming to surface from that. But anyway, back then, there was nothing like that. Nobody knew what the heck that was. And nobody knew it was possible to even transition. You know, and there was only like women or cis men, cis women and lesbian and gays and that can, was can it. you kind of explain to the audience because like even to this day i haven't done my research i don't know what cis is cis is basically um the gender that the gender you identify with that you were born with mm. right so ricky you would probably identify as a cis gender man right so some something that you identify with already right but um, other other people identify as, you know, for example, for me, I, I identify as transgender man, where, you know, I was, or female to male transition, basically, that's what they call it, FTMs. Yeah. And that was, that's basically assigned female at birth, but identify as a man. Simple as that. Um, and then there goes like non-binaries and a few yeah. other things like they, them. That's non-binary in a sense, right? Non-binary, yeah. Mm. So we don't have specific gender pronouns for for those type of people. 
Interesting. Thank you for like enlightening us. Yeah. Because you know, like I've never taken the time to actually like research. But getting back to your story about our friend Stefan, um, his brother. Yeah. So his brother, he 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 was uh, he was going through, you know, an identity crisis also in high school, and uh, I mean, it gets as worse as you know depression or uh even you know he had you know suicidal thoughts and i luckily was not in that position but i did have you know i did have that confusion where you know what who was i you know <laughs> like what am i what am i doing right now i don't even understand right who am i like what is my purpose in the world you know i i did identify as as lisa who i was born as you know and it was it was confusing it was seriously confusing and you know just having to navigate that independently that was well with the help of Stefan's family at the end of it um it was just so it was hard mm-hmm. you know, can you like, kind of elaborate more on like what Stefan's family has done for you um because in my mind like what I'm kind of taking away from this um, conversation is that Stefan's brother was that mentor for you where Stefan's brother had gone through this. And what's Stefan's brother's name? Uh, Stefan's brother is uh, Aiden. Aiden. Yeah. Aiden. Like, Aiden was able to provide that mentorship where Aiden has been through similar struggles as you at one point or another. So I guess just kind of like opening up and finding someone relatable made it that much easier for you to open up yourself to the world and like openly, actively speak about these things and try to find a solution, right? Right. And actually, Stefan was with there with me throughout most of it, too. And... um because Stefan, you know, knew better than anyone in in the group, you know, in our community, you know, Stefan and his mom, and it was it was it was great to have their support because otherwise, you know, even to this day, not a lot of uh, people have that support. Um, they may have friends that claim to be like their their backbone, but honestly, there's some people out there that claim to be your friend that don't actually care about you they may care about what you have to provide for them or what you have to offer them you know and it's nice to find people that genuinely back you that genuinely want what's best for you and are actively seeking out answers that you're looking for right and i I was just so fortunate to have you know to have met Stefan and his family and you know to guide me through this Uncharted territory at the time, you know. Ooh, aren't uncharted territory. I like that. <laughs> right, right, right. And this was what? This was well, I I barely transitioned, you know, four years. But like, you know, they I was never comfortable in my own body, you know, at, at birth and this is how, you know, this is how I realized like, oh, I am trans. Like this is who I am. Yeah. There's no fighting it. You know, like you may fight it all you want. You may fight it for your family or because you want to be seen or accepted. But end of the day, like regardless of what society says about you, I mean, you care more about yourself in the sense that if you're not happy in your own body, why would you continue to remain in that circumstance? Right. And it was just so hard. You know, like growing up with the, with this identity crisis, I had no idea. You know, funny story. Um, when I was when I was a kid, um. I hated Barbies, and my mom would always just, <laughs> just buy me Barbies. Here, Barbie. <laughs> like, oh, I don't want this though. Like, right. thank you, but and and you know, if if we were you know interviewing like on camera or something, I would show you pictures of you know me as a kid and being dressed in dresses, like 
You you can see the uncomfort discomfort in my face. In your eyes are just like, what the, what am I doing? <laughs> I don't like, understand. <laughs> this is not like who I am. Yeah. You know? uh-huh. And you know, I don't people say like, oh, like it's because you were raised with um brothers that you feel like you should be a part of this. No, it's you know, I I always love, you know stigmatic gender um interests like power rangers back then or power rangers are dope because you could be a male or female and still play with power rangers yeah exactly legos i love legos Legos. like connects like just like things that you use your i guess brain for and like create things right cars i was into that i remember your super nice stk (laughs) oh my gosh i think it was beautiful it was difficult at that time too you know just being in the car scene as as a as a female at the time and um i don't know how to speak about that nowadays because you know i'm I'm kind of out of of that out of that scene but um yeah i wondered every day how people would treat me if i were male back then you know and would i be more included or would i would i have been more you know would have would I have not been left out or been seen differently because I was female or been you know thought of like you know oh she was just a female she doesn't know much about cars you know like shut up people actually think that way though that's a sad thing you know exactly people actually do have that backwards ideology about male and female gender roles and it's not like it's their fault let's be honest you know like for the people that choose to remain ignorant in that sense that's their fault but for a lot of people growing up, like this is what they were taught. And until you start to like critically think and use your brain for yourself, you're going to be stuck in that same rabbit hole ideology or tendencies. You kind of got to break yourself out of there, right. you know? And like talking about breaking out, like what was like, I guess if you can remember a crucial moment in your history that made you think like, oh, I don't want to be female anymore. I prefer to transition and become a... A man, something you were meant to be or destined to be. Destined to be. Um, I guess like just like the defining moment or one defining moment. Well, just ever since, you know, finding out that it was possible, for example, um, I thought because there was only, you know, cisgender males and cisgender females at the time, that's what we had to resort to, you know? And I would just, you know, think of myself as tomboy or butch back then i don't know but just kind of like labeled yourself right i had to yourself yes i had to other people did that as well i'm sure you know oh lisa's a lesbian or lisa's this is x or y or z yes exactly and you know that was that was just that was tough to deal with as well um because i thought that you know i thought that was the way you know but after you know realizing that there were more identities out there that we hadn't heard of back then. It was obviously the greatest feeling just to be able to identify. Yeah. To be able to finally identify, you know, my true self. And you know what you are now. Yes. And I've always been that. And I didn't know that back then. I was confused, you know, with, you know, having to fit in, you know, was I straight or, you know, ever since liking, like starting to like girls, like, um, was I lesbian, you know, or was I bi, or what is, what is this, you know? And honestly, like, to this day, like, I don't know if I'm straight or bi, I'm, you know, I just like people, you know? There's no identity. There's a, there's a, there's a sexuality for that. Isn't it, like, pansexual? Like, 
I'm not sure that directly defines it, but pansexual means I think pansexual is um, there's no gender preference. That's what it is. So it's kind of like your attraction to the person and who they are, like maybe like physical features or like their character. So I guess broadly speaking or loosely speaking, pansexual can be that. Yeah, you know, it yeah. makes sense. You know, and it's honestly it's nowadays it's it's how you identify you know yourself. Like, what do you think about it personally? And that's where you take your power back. Because I got to tell you, like, when we were younger, we were more vulnerable, more susceptible to society in the sense that we would let other people define us and their opinions would matter, you know. And it's true to a point, you know, until you become the person that you were destined to be, the person that you want to be, where you feel comfortable. And it doesn't matter what people think about you because you know what you're all about. You know, the whole, like, I guess, pursuit of knowledge, pursuit of wisdom or the idea of progress you know like sooner or later you're gonna figure everything out and it's just a matter of like how badly do you want it do you want it now do you want it later i mean are you exposing yourself to the right kinds of media to learn more or are you stuck in your bubble where you're comfortable but uncomfortable like unwilling to move forward and make a change you know yeah and honestly the the whole the whole you know takeaway from this is you know know your identity and what just know who you identify as and stand by a hundred percent, you know, because nobody can tell you who you identify as. Yeah, like if someone were to tell you you were to agree, you're just giving away your power right. for yourself, you know. And that's why like, I think that because I remember like contacting you about this podcast, I think like what, a week ago. And I remember seeing a post, uh, including you, saying that you were, I wouldn't quote this exactly, but like a pillar in your community in a sense, because you're doing that now, you know, like you're helping people the way that you deem fit, you know? And that's something that we can talk about when it comes to mentorship, because for the both of us, we didn't have the greatest mentors growing up. Yeah. We lacked direction. We only had each other to like bounce ideas off of them. And we're like, oh, is this a good idea? I don't know, let's do it. <laughs> like, fuck it, let's, let's see what's up. You know, we just like lived life together, you know? But that's why like the movie Soul, like I mentioned in one of my podcasts, mm -hmm. was so important because it's the whole idea of like being a mentor. And if you yourself can be that mentor to someone else who's confused and suffering the same way that you were that's what makes you an outstanding person like just you know what your message is going to be because think about it like growing up public speaking was never our strong suit never yeah it was difficult. <laughs> it was it was really hard to like speak publicly because we didn't know what the hell we were doing but as you kind of like proceed through life and you figure things out for yourself you start to garner wisdom and knowledge that you can pass on to the future you know and that's something that i can see you doing as well because just as confused as you were there's another person out there who's confused about who the hell they are and the lgbtq community is bigger and stronger now but there's more that can be done yes you know so like i guess like just spitballing and picking picking each other's minds um is there something specifically that you'd like to do to like i guess further this progress because you mentioned like you're in school now um for what was it I'm a pre-med student right now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Respect. Um, yeah, people back home, who whoever went to high school with me, would probably think, like, what the hell? Like, Different, right? Yeah, like, they were... I mean, if you knew me back then, you would probably never... Have expected Never this. expect... Yeah, expecting me to go to medical school. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm in uh, my last year, my last pre-med year 
I'm applying this year, so fingers crossed for me, guys. Fingers crossed, not gonna wear all that good <laughs> stuff, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, you know, as a physician, a future physician, aspiring physician, you're gonna you. get there. You know, I let me just go back. Let me just rewind and tell you why I decided to become a physician. Um, and it's because you know, coming out as transgender, accessing healthcare was not ideal. It was it was extremely difficult because um, first of all you get mis misgendered and it, especially when you don't have or when you haven't started hormones or whatever you know to all the uh, transgender folks out there but um, when you haven't started hormones you can't you can't get um, a court document to change your name or that's how it was three years ago because without a medical document indicating my transition, I could not have changed my name or gender marker. So going Why into health so difficult. It's it's the requirements they want to see you physically transition with a doctor's note. Without that, you can't, you know, you can't advocate. You can't go and approach a name change or gender marker change, for instance. For more precisely, that gender marker change, that's the most important one. So, you know, without that, I went into a clinic and the nurse came out and called me by my dead name, right? So they called you Lisa when they first came out? Yeah, Lisa. Miss Lou? Is there a Miss Lou around here? No. Yeah, <laughs> There's and, no Miss Lou around here. Right. And I'd, e I'd even, you know, marked the notes, you know, in the notes, can you call me by my preferred name, preferred gender, you know? And it's, it's, it's not, you know, this is, this is why I want to become a physician because, you know, and also there's no one in the medical field who, who I've met who is trans, you know, being, you know, you want to, you want to be treated by someone who knows how to relate to you. How to understand what hardships you're going through, how to understand what struggles you're going through, and that way you can get you know that proper care, mm -hmm. proper and quality care. And you know that's that's basically why I want to become a physician. You know to be there for my community, my people, and furthermore just expand that current network, you know of LGBT physicians and allied physicians. So that, you know, people like me who have this, you know, experienced that type of discomfort in healthcare be able to access quality care overall. And just be able, you know, another thing is, <laughs> um, as a pre-med, you know, one of the difficulties is, you know, getting shadowing opportunities to, you know, shadow behind a physician. That's one of the things that, you know, medical schools really look at too. Having that clinical experience as a physician and um, as an LGBT, identif identifying LGBT uh, pre-med, I got turned down opportunities because these physicians didn't, um, didn't side with, the, uh, didn't, 
did what was what was the term? I I don't know what you're looking for, but I guess they didn't really want to put themselves into like a new situation, you know? Because at that point, like I don't know what it's like politically in the medical field, but to do so may like I guess jeopardize this or that. But that's why like what you're doing is so noble, you know? Like you're at the forefront of a brand new in a sense industry where there aren't that many LGBTQ physicians, where there aren't that many people. I guess like trailblazing as you are you know like earlier we mentioned or i mentioned to you like why it's noble but now it becomes even more of an important thing because you're setting the precedent for other people after you to follow in your footsteps it's not easy right now especially like you've been turned down why because you're lgbtq like what what it's a just it's a discrimination yeah you know and i mean that's just how it is as human nature that's what makes it even more difficult the fact that you're like pushing through these boundaries, that you're breaking stereotypes and you're making it more accessible for people that want to do so in the future. Because who knows, there may be someone in the future that wants to do or that identifies as LGBTQ, as transgender or as XYZ, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And they want to get into the medical field, but because it's not easily accessible, they may be turned away from it. It's like we're giving up opportunities for ourselves because it's not comfortable, because it's not society's norms which is fucked up you know like that's not okay you can't be turned away because of your beliefs that's not what america is all about you talk about america being like the land of the free like i believe that to some degree but it has been changing recently with you know political stuff just like current events and things getting more and more difficult you know so give yourself a pat on the back for that like i gotta fucking give hell yeah dude (laughs) hell yeah you're trailblazing you know, and it may not seem like it. I know, like, you mentioned earlier, like, how you're kind of stressed out um, going into this because it's going to be a good amount of your lifetime. And what you're not thinking about or what you're more focused on right now, in my mind, is, like, reaching the end of the journey. But it's all about the journey. You know, like, everything that you can take away from the journey, all the things that you can do and people that you can change or affect or change that you can affect in your lifetime that makes it, worthwhile that's what life your lifetime's all about in my mind you know so you got to give yourself credit that's the biggest thing you know is what you're doing isn't easy but it's necessary not just for you but for everyone else that comes after you you know yeah absolutely and uh, it's not just for lgbtq um it's a, it's a whole you know disparities the healthcare disparities discrimination that's going on you know we've been living in the past four years hiding from you know discrimination because we look i mean i don't want to bring politics into this but it is what it was mm. you know having to deal with you know discrimination discrimination and you know and it's different for like for me because i'm a male i'm an asian guy i'm pretty big there may be times people discriminate against me but it's not something I can't deal with. And there's times where like, for you, you've had to deal with these hardships, you know, like have you, or can you mention, I mean, aside from the example earlier about how you were turned away, can you mention like some other hardships that you were faced with and overcame? Um, in terms of my identity or? Just in general for like your professional career, for schooling, for education. I mean, any like small occurrence? Yeah, I mean, when when my grandparents passed away, it was really difficult. It was, I mean, most people would be like, 
devastated if you know their parent their parents you know passed away mm-hmm. and it was that case for me because they were my primary caretakers for the majority of my life so it was essentially like losing my parents mm-hmm. and you know that was a wake-up call because at the time i was still like digging around <laughs> i was still you know partying you know trying Thinking, to having a good time not really focusing on your education on the future right and that was one one of many occasions actually that made me realize like going back to what i said before at the beginning of this podcast like why am i throwing my life away mm. right because life is so fucking short just knowing you know, where we are now we're 28 right and you know one of the things was you know you know doing all these like obviously you know we experience you know drugs drugs obviously raves yeah. going to raves and stuff like that and partying all the time and you know what made me stop was the last rave that i went to someone died <laughs> you know that's serious shit <laughs> like why am I getting myself engaged in this thing that, you know, people die from? Like, life is too short. You know, that that's something that woke me up. So I stopped going to raise after that. I stopped mm-hmm. popping. I stopped doing drugs. And then another thing was my grandparents, you know, they died. And just death in general, because I've also witnessed, you know, a car accident in Arcadia. Have you heard about it with Alice Chang? I've heard about a few. I've seen a few. Not seen a few, but I've heard about a few. Um, I was, yeah, I was one of the first on the scene of that car accident. And I literally watched her die in front of me, take her last breath right in front of me. And it was like, it was so eye opening and eye awakening. You know, why would you throw your life away? And that just that just came across my mind every single time. I got arrested also as a as a mind. Same. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you know, a valuable lesson was actually taught by my mom, mm-hmm. um, who I, you know, really resented back then for leaving me <laughs> in in this in the town jail, you know. The you know, she she left me there to teach me a lesson, and, and you know because the cops were like, you know, if no one's gonna pick you up, you're gonna be sent to juvie. I was like, crap. So I was like, mom, like, why aren't you picking me up? And she's like, you got yourself into this mess. You get yourself out, right? But only you can do it, mom. <laughs> you can get me out, mom. Right? And honestly, I I didn't like it at the time. I was so hurt at the time. I was depressed because she left she left me there. But you know, growing up I kind of realized, you know, looking back at the at the at the at your history, you know, things happen the way they were meant to happen. And this this is why we're here today, right? Mm-hmm. Um They call that synchronicity where you find yourself in like this moment and you're just like, oh my god, everything is the way it's supposed to be. Right, They're like we're here for a reason, and it just seems so natural. Yes, and that's that's something I wanted to point out to the audience here today. No regrets, whatever it is, no regrets. Just move forward, because you are here because of your past, and it's only it's only it only, it only gets better how you 
you know, choose you, to, I guess, deal with these situations, right. these outcomes. It does speak volume about who you are as a person now, you know, and that's the whole idea behind it. Like we talk about the idea of power and like taking your power back. If you want to sit there and be sad about an occurrence, that's completely fine. But sooner or later, with enough experience and wisdom, you're actually going to like understand how difficult or not how difficult, but what needs to be done. It's wisdom. It's like education experience. And you'll realize, like, why would I choose to be sad when I can instead learn from the mistake, learn, take a lesson away? At that point, it becomes less of a failure. It becomes more of a lesson learned. You just got to be able to take away a message or something that you're going to hold with you for the rest of your life. Right. You know? And if those, if, if folks are, you know, being stuck in a situation, oh yeah, it's, it's because you're comfortable, mm-hmm. right? And to get out of that comfort zone, you got to challenge yourself to get out of that comfort zone and do something that you've always wanted to do. I mean, this goes back to like dreams. Like, what do you what do you dream of becoming? What do you? That's hard, you- though. You know, I know what you mean. Like, dreams are a great thing. They're the most important thing to any individual person. You know, but we can always talk to these people and like say, "Hey, like, follow your dreams." But some people don't even know what their dream is. You know, and that ties into the whole idea of like how you spend your time. You know, like uh, that's the odd phenomena happening right now where. I used to spend time with people that would always be on their phones, like scrolling away, looking at memes and funny videos. And that was cool here and there. But sooner or later, I mean, you start to realize like, what the hell? I want more. I'm wasting my life. The days are starting to blend together and I can't tell one apart from the other. (laughs) And that's when you like realize, holy shit, I need to make a change. And no one else can make these changes aside from yourself. Like it's your life. You're responsible for yourself. You're an adult or a child, you know? Mm I guess that's where the wisdom comes into play, where if you want to make something happen, the only person that can do or make that change is you. If you want to start playing ball and lose weight, start playing basketball and lose weight. If you want to like start knitting or um, social media campaigns or whatever it is that you care about, no one's stopping you but you. Right. It's like that obstacle that we have to overcome. Right. You know? And that's that comfort zone that you have to, that barrier that you have to cross. Mm-hmm. Which is not, it's never easy. You know, like, that's why we have these conversations. You know, like, you talk to the people that you care about. You willingly let your walls down, your armor. You take your armor off. And you kind of, like, present yourself to some people. People that you can relate to or that you can trust. And from there, you just have an honest co- like conversation about, oh, like, I feel this way. Like, what do you think? They'll provide their input. And if they really do care about you, they may tell you, oh, you're fucking up. You're wasting your life. You're drinking too much, you're doing too much drugs, too many drugs or something terrible. Like they'll tell you what you don't want to hear. But that's the thing about reality. You know, like reality, we live in our fantasy worlds where everything is fine and fucking dandy. But when you kind of bring yourself away from from fantasy and you're back in your reality, it sucks. Like that's what I used to do. I used to like escape into my own fantasy world where everything was fantastic. You know, it was my defense mechanism. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm fucking great here. Okay, don't bother me. (laughs) But as I guess you age, I guess as you want more and more, you realize you deserve more and more, you will start to do what you need to do. You will do more and more to make these things happen. Absolutely.
I totally agree. Yeah. So, I mean, think about where you are now. I know you're in for a rough few years. You really are. We're not going to lie to you about that. But it's noble. What you're doing is, in my mind, the right thing to do. And you were put here on this earth to do so. You are where you are now because, I mean, life is a, like a series of choices. And something J. Cole taught me is like, choose wisely. It's simple, you know? And sometimes we may make a mistake. We may not make the right decision. But if you continue to make wrong decision after wrong decision, you'll find yourself in this like terrible place, just like this pit of despair where you don't want to be. That's the hard part. You realize that like, you went too far in the wrong direction, you know, and it's never too late for you to bring yourself back. It's just a matter of like actually having the courage to take that initial step. Right. And going, going with that never too late. Uh, yeah. We're what? Almost in our thirties. Mm-hmm. And it took me this long to figure out what I wanted. So take your time. Honestly, just do what, just dabble into whatever you want to feel like whatever you feel like dabbling into and just mm-hmm. figure out what your purpose is in life. And that's, it's, it's really like you, you develop that self-actualization once you reach that. And I actually epitome. think, I think that we can not force, but kind of expedite that process in the sense was, or in the sense of with this podcast, that's what we're doing. You know, like we're trying to, help people understand like the power and the control and how much they can affect their present reality. Because last year, like last year sucked. I got yeah. fat for a while, you know, like I lost weight. I got fat. I kind of like beat myself up because all that time that was afforded to us to like follow our dreams, to do things that we wouldn't normally do. wasn't wasted, you know, but I could have done more, you know, and that's the new mentality for 2021. That's like the new mentality moving forward. You know, like, we're not going to sit back and let life fuck us again like 2020 did. Like, hell no. We're, we're past that. You know, like, that last year was, like, I guess, rest and recuperation, some R&R. But think about what 2021 is going to bring to us. You know, like, life is what you make of it. And if you think about this upcoming year, the few years to come, I mean, are you more excited? Are you scared? Like, what are you thinking? I am scared. I am terrified. Um. Because I have no idea what's going to happen. You know, nobody's going to know what, what's going to happen in the future. And, you know, we're just taking it day by day, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but it is terrifying knowing, you know, my life's work, for example, how that's going to play in effect. I have all these plans, but I don't know how successful they're going to be. You know, not until I, not until I put it into play, right? Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, what I want to become is a surgeon. And it's a serious competitive field. Um, what's it going to take? Am I, am I good enough for this? You know, that's, that's what's terrifying. You know, and being, you know, identified as an underserved group. I call, my, I call the LGBTQ an underserved population. Because it's true. It's not like the rest of the population. I guess general population where they can get anything they need. Not at a, on a whim. But it's much more accessible to them than LGBTQ in that sense, right? Right. And having to deal with, you know, possible systemic discrimination, you know, workplace, you know. And uh, I mean, that's that's okay now. We've we've we had a victory, you know, recently with um, LGBT being inclusive in work environments. Oh, yes, money. (laughs) Win. Equal opportunity employment. That's that's okay for us now. But 
you know, it's it's still it's still difficult because some people, you know, some people are still against it, and that's just how it is. I mean, that's what's terrifying because having to you know potentially deal with these kind of things, not knowing whether or not you're going to succeed. Right. Let me tell you now. You know, like from one person to another, from one human to another. We can't have all the answers for these things, but what we can do is take them day by day and figure out these answers, you know, problem by problem. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're trying to like rush to the end and figure out the, I guess, super master final answer for what we are meant to do in this life. Like that's fine too, but you're not going to find it easily. You know, like the general idea is just to be kind to people, you know, like. Be yeah. kind to people. Like yeah. I have a cup that Eli showed me. It was two bucks from Barnes and Nobles. It was a, a good deal. It's a pretty big cup. It says "Be nice." That says "Be nice" on it. That's all there is to it, you know. And for the people that don't understand or they don't want to accept what it means to be LGBTQ or what it's like to be in your shoes, let's explain to them. Let's let them into our world and put ourselves out there and make ourselves vulnerable, so that for people willing to listen, they can kind of get into our shoes they can see from our eyes and see what we have to offer because think about what you're doing you're going to medical school your initial um field major was music you know and you like music that's why you chose it but you found something even better than that something worthwhile that you would go back to school for that sets you apart from all the other people that went to school for four years partying doing drugs you know I mean, I guess I was placed on this earth to heal. Yeah. Yeah. And I originally want, you know, to heal with music. You still can. I still can. Yeah. Um, What I realized was, you know, not everybody will take it the the same way. It's not universal. Mm -hmm. And what I wanted to do was, you know, heal on a universal level. So that's why, you know, pursuing medicine was definitely the the better choice. You can do both. That would make you a, a trendsetter. A trailblazer, to be honest. It's like, I like to music for healing. Like, there's times I can't explain what the hell I'm feeling, but a song will reflect exactly what I'm feeling. And I'm like, oh my God, this song is how I feel right now. Absolutely. You know, the importance of music and like community in a sense, you know? So if you ever find yourself like strapped for cash, you can always, you know, do music on the side as well. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. You know, it's it's your skill set. It's what you're good at. It's a... Yeah. Uh, a passion, another passion in a sense, you know? So I just want to go ahead and thank uh, Elijah for taking the time out of his day to join me for this podcast. Um, We wouldn't be able to make this happen without you. So sincerely, thank you for your time. No, I'm glad to be here, Ricky. Thanks for having me. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I hope to, I hope to, you know, come back and touch on, you know, more sensitive topics or, you know, diving into like mental health issues or whatnot. And, even more on advocacy in general and emotional intelligence. I, I think that's a really big topic that we weren't really, <laughs> weren't really able to touch on today. But Yeah, we were trying to. But to be honest, I do like to like open people up and kind of have everyone get a gauge for the people that we do work with. Mainly because it makes it seem much more personal. Like we're coming from a place of genuine care. You know, like it gives you background and substance. So... We'll touch about uh, touch upon emotional intelligence next time. Um, if not that, because I might use that with another person. Emotional intelligence is a really big thing. But there's no shortage of content. And just thank you all for joining us on another episode of The Weekend. Do you have any uh, closing remarks, remarks by chance? 
I don't. Just yeah. oh, okay, fine. Maybe just challenge yourself to you know become your better version. Mm-hmm. I think that's the takeaway from that's this. Beautiful. Yeah. All right. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll see you guys again. See you all again next week. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Take care, everyone. Have a great night. Bye. Mm-hmm.